Gemara Erubin has been sponsored by Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife Celia for their success, for their children's success, health, happiness, beracha, parnasav, atzlaha, bechol maaseh yedehem. Daf Samech. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Nisim Afriyat. He's one of our members here in the synagogue. We bless him with success. Aslaha, Parnasan, Kol Mileh Metav. Amen. Today's daf is being studied. Le'ailun Ishmat Acham Baruch, Rafael ben Miriam, and Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tenichem Began Eden. Amen. We are starting today's daf on Nun Tet Amut Sheni. And we are going to begin two lines from the bottom. Uh, we ended off on yesterday's daf, learning the laws, the laws of sulam, the laws of ladders, where we concluded that if you have a chaser that is separated by a wall, and you have ladders on both sides of the wall, we can consider it as if it is a petah, as if it is an entrance, and therefore the chaserot are... Uh, subject to the law of Eruv. And therefore, technically, you can both combine, make one shituf between the Hatserot and carry from one uh, Hatser to the other. Again, just to remind you, the rule would be if, let's say, there was no Petah between the Hatserot, so there's no way you can connect the two Hatserot. Then you just have to make each Hatser makes its own Eruv individually. The Hadush's ladders, in that case, is considered a Petah. Now that was uh, Lekula. Uh, now we also said another case where ladders will be still considered a wall, which is also a Kula. That was a case where you had a city. That was an Ir Shel Rabim. And the Ir Shel Rabim, we said that if it has only one entrance to the city, so then you're able to make a Eruv, a Shituf, for the whole entire city. And then you can carry in the city. Uh, because it is closed on three sides, and on the fourth side it just has one peta. So that's not considered a city that people would confuse with the regular Rishut Rabim. And therefore you're allowed to make a shituf throughout the whole entire city, meaning you do not have to leave any areas uh, un-eruved, and then, uh, you know, then to, 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 to alleviate the gezerah. So the Hakamim uh, Nachman taught us in yesterday's daf that even if you have ladders, at the end of the city, on the wall, on both sides, it's not considered a petah. It's still considered wall. And therefore, that would be a leniency. If you said it's considered a petah, then you already cannot make the Eruv over the whole city. But by considering it wall, so therefore, you have no problem to enclose the whole city with one chituf. So therefore, basically, the law of Sulam sometimes is like a petah, and sometimes is like a, a kotel, depending uh, on the kula. Depending on how to go to the lenient side. So now the that was the Nachman statement. <coughs> so the Gemara challenges that. Umi Amar of Nachman Acheh, did Nachman make such a hiluk? Ve'Amar Rav Nachman Amar Shemuel, Anche Chatzir ve'Anche Marpeset. You have people over here that live in the Chatzir, and you have the Anche Marpeset. And Shemar Pesit is the guys that live on the second floor. And uh, <coughs> they also have 
access from their marpeset, from the second floor, into the hatser, derech sulam, meaning through the use of a ladder. You have a ladder, they put it against the uh, wall, right? So the guys on the second floor, they can walk out of their uh, balcony, and you just walk down the ladder, so they're part of the hatser also. So technically, uh, they would need to be part of the iruv. Because if they don't become part of the Iruv, so you have a dwellers or residents that are in the Hatsid that do not join the Iruv, so they can Osed it on the people that are living on the first floor. So that was Nakman Amar Shmuel's And she Hatsid, and she Marpesid, Shishachu Velo Irbu, which means they did not make an Iruv between the Marpesid and the Bene Hatsid. Meaning each group made an Eruv separately. The Bnei Hatser made an Eruv for themselves. And the people on the second floor, they also made an Eruv for themselves. So the Gemara says, Im yesh lifnehem daka arba'a ena oseret. Ve'im lav oseret. So the Gemara gives us a rule. If at the bottom of the ladder, that is going from the Merpeset into the Hatsid, they built one of those Dakas in front of it. If you remember, the Dakka was one of these... 222. Okay, you see in your picture books. That was one of those small little adjustments, like uh, mini doorways that they built. Uh, so that, we said yesterday in the Gemara, that that shows that they are separate from the other dwellers in the Hatsid, just by putting this little adjustment here called the Dakka. So the Gemara says, if there's a Dakka at the bottom of the ladder as seen in picture 222, so then already even though they did not make an Iruv with the people on the bottom, it's okay, because they're considered separate, they're not considered one with the Hatsid, and therefore they're okay. However, and the, and the people in the Bnei Hatsid can also carry as well. However, if there is no Dakka, there is no adjustment at the bottom of the ladder. They're all considered one. And therefore, if the uh, Marpeset people did not make a shituf with the Benihatzer on the bottom, so everybody is asud to carry. Oh. Now, what is that, uh, what is that uh, teaching us? Uh, so the Gemara comes along and says, the Gemara says, look at the fourth line in Nashi, the Imlav, if you do not have a daka oseret alma torat petah alav, that means you're treating the ladder in this case as a petah, and therefore it's considered that what that the marpeset is opened to the benihatzer on the bottom. But it comes down now by saying that it's a petah, it's a humra, because now you have uh, the top. Uh, second floor is opened through this ladder. So if if you said it was considered a mechitza, they would be considered separate. Because they would not be considered one with the bottom. So therefore, I don't care if there's a daka or not a daka, it would always be permissible for the bnei to carry. Ella, what are you telling me? No, depends if you have a daka or not. Implying that what? That without a daka, the bnei hatzir on the bnei marpeset or say the bnei hatzir. Why? Because you must be considering the latter as a petah that connects both. So therefore, you, you see, of Nachman, your deen was not always said the kula. In this case, you are saying it the humra. 
So comes the Gemara and says, So what are we talking about over here? Asara. Oh, we're talking about a specific scenario with the Marpeset's height from the Hatzed is less than 10 Tefahim, which means it is not considered a Mechitza at all, which means even if you want to tell me that the Sulam is not considered a Petah, you don't have to come onto the Sulam over here. Fact be told, it is considered open to the Hatzed because it is very low. The Merpeset is with intent of the Hatzed itself. And therefore, it's going to be considered Patuah, the Hatzed, on its own right. So, and therefore, if they did not become part of the Iruv, but the Bnei Hatzed, they're going to all say the Bnei Hatzed, because they're considered one. So the Gebarah says, wait, V'i lo gavoa Merpeset Asara. So if you're telling me that it's not Gavoa Asara, Ki ka'avid daka ma'yhaveh. So then what does the daka do? Which means, once you're so low into the Hatzid, and it's considered your patuah, into the Hatzid, and that you're one with the Hatzid, what does that daka do for you? How does that daka separate them to be considered their own entity? Which, which means, that she, Ki avid daka lefaneha ma'yhavi, which means just like a case where you had two Hatserot that were open to each other. So when two Hatserot open to each other, they have to combine. So he's saying over here too, it's like two Hatserot that are open to each other. If surrounding the whole second floor. It's less than 10 to 5, and it's totally open into the Hatser. So therefore, they're considered one, and therefore they must be mishutaf together in the Iruv. How could you tell me that, no, by putting a daka there, at the end of the ladder, it'll make them separate. No, what are you talking about? They're, they're totally open. Now, I don't know if we have yet uh, pictures of this. <coughs> Now, you'll see it, uh, we have a picture for the next line of the Gemara. The Gemara says, The Gemara's answer, It's talking about where there was actually a wall going around the second floor, meaning the Marpeset has a little, let's say, a balcony in front of a little area, and around that area, there is a gate, so to speak, or a wall that goes all the way around and just leaves a ten amma or less opening in the front where you put your ladder at that hole in order to get down into the hatzir. The keban daka. And in this case, I mean, you'll see the picture in a moment, by putting a daka at the end of the ladder, they're considered separate from the so you look at your picture, <coughs> you see over here uh, in picture 233, two, three. or 223, two, 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 I'm sorry, 223. Two, two, so first of all we're talking about what, where uh, the uh, Marpeset is less than, they have a wall less than 10 Tefahim, right? Which means the Marpeset, these, the, these guys over here, these dwellers, have a wall in front of them that's less than 10 that opens up into the Hatzir. Okay? Now, they also have a wall on top of that that spins around. 
It spins around that that floor exactly, and exactly that gray wall you see in the picture that spins around. So therefore, technically, the marpeset is not opened up into the haset in full, because you have this wall that is spanning around. Now, true, you have an opening, but now by the opening, which is let's say ten amot or less, you have the ladder there so they can get down, and they put a daka in front of the ladder. So in such a case, it's not really considered totally open in the Hasid. Our question was, what, do I, what, do I, what are you talking about? If it's less than Dante Fahim, to the Hasid, it's totally open into the Hasid, a daka should not do anything. It should always be considered well, one with the Hasid, and therefore if they're not part of the Ayub, it should ruin it for the Bnei Hasid. Kamash, well, no, there's a wall there. So the wall closes it up to an extent, therefore it's not considered patuah Mm-hmm. And it just has a little opening over there with the daka. So together with the wall that's enclosing it on top and the daka by the ladder, it's considered istalik istaluk, and they are separating themselves from the bnei hatzin. And therefore, if the bnei hatzin does not meharev with them, it doesn't ruin them. They will still be able to carry. That she says, magofefet. Uh, you want to read that she magofefet mukefet mechitza saviv. Right, it has a wall that is going around. But there's an opening of ten amot. Kedim petach benoikef. Then there's no wall around that area, obviously, because that's the door. Now, in that case, if you put a daka by the ladder, siluk nafshayu. Then already it's considered they were misalek. They uh, desisted from the chaser. The ilo. Uh, which means since it was not Gavoa uh, Yud, normally we'd say that this is considered totally open into the Hatzid. Which means the Daka is what does it for you over here. Which means the ladder is not the issue over here. The ladder really, I'll tell you, always go the Kula. The issue is over here that since it's less than 10. Without the daka, so that I tell you, it doesn't matter. Even if you have these walls over here, it doesn't matter. You consider one with the hatzer. Kamash and the daka, in conjunction with the walls that are closing it from the hatzer, separate it, and that is the scenario. So comes again up further and says, Amar of Yehuda, Amar Shemuel. Another scenario. Kotel, you have a wall, should it spam? Besulamot. What did you do? You lined the wall with ladders. You see that in picture number 224. You have two hatserot back to back to each other. And they just lined the whole entire wall with ladders on both sides. Okay? Afilu biyeter me'eser. And even if the uh, walls are more than ten, meaning the walls are more than ten tefachim, high, torat mechitza alav. So this wall still maintains the status of a mechitza. Rashi, yud shedatzfu. I'm sorry, shedatzfu. Zakaf sulam etzot sulam. That means you stood one ladder next to another ladder. Torat mechitza alav. Which means meaning I have more means even if it's more than ten amma. I, I, I correct myself when it said it's not referring to the height of the wall. It's referring to the 
with the, or the length of the ladders, how much they're going across, even if they're going across ten amot. Now, if you're going to consider a ladder a petach, so then already you have more than ten amot of opening of parutz into from one hatzer to another. So that she says, We're not going to say that the ladders make the wall parutz more than ten. Meaning, the law is when you have such a breach in a wall, you have no choice but to make one eruv with everybody. In that case, you do not have an option to make separate eruvin. Which means when there's a breach between one khatsir, more than ten amod, each khatsir cannot go individually and say, well, I'll make on my side and I'll make on this. No. Then already, they must make an eruv, one with everybody. Whoever doesn't join, ruins it for everybody. Kamash Malan know that the ladders do not make it a breach, and therefore what would be the deen as she continues, Ratsu Ehad Me'arbin. And therefore if they want, they could uh, make the Ayruv uh, together, or not, which means they're not Ulkula. Uh, and therefore this is saying the deen, Lekula. Ve'avi Kepetah, Ratsu Shinehem Me'arbin. And therefore, it also is considered a Petah, if they want to do if they want to make a, uh, a, a joint, which means we're going to take it both ways, the kula. Meaning we're going to say it's the kula in the sense that what? It's not considered a petah of ten amad that forces them to make one eruv amongst both of them. But although we're going to consider it a, uh, a, 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 a mechitzah, still we will give them the option in order to, join. if they want to join, because the law is if you don't have a petah, petah, you can't join. So Kamash Bam will consider it a petah to join if they want. As we learned, all the laws of Erubin were said, so this is a, you know, an interesting law where you're taking it really, you know, both ways, in the same case. That's the point. Which means even though it's spanning ten, we consider it a wall, that it's still permissible for each one to make an eruv on their own, but we'll consider it enough as a petah that if they want to, they can mistareh themselves and both join to make an eruv to carry from one hatser to the next. So that was the deen of who? That was said by the Bihuda Amar Shemuel. Good. So it comes again what Ram says, Rami le Rav Bruna le Rav Yehuda ben Mahat Sarta de le Rav Hanina. So Rav Bruna brought a contradiction or a stira to Rav Yehuda at the Mahat Sarta, at the uh, wine press of Rav Hanina. That's what they were when they were discussing this uh, subject about the wine press. So the Gemara says, Mi Amar Shemuel Torat Mechitza Anav. Did Shemuel come along and say that you give it a deen of a mechitzah lekula? Because in this case, by saying it's a wall, it's a leniency. In the sense that, well, because if you could consider it a petah, now it's patuah, ten amah, 
then already you would have no choice but to make an iruv with everybody. So he's telling you it's a mihitzah lekula. So the rabbi asked, did he say that? And we're going to give the same exact case that we just brought. And she bar peset, you have the guys on the second floor, and she hatzir. Right, they forgot and they did not make an eruv amongst themselves. Yeah, and again, we're talking about we have a ladder that is giving the people in the Merpesid access to go down into the Hatzid. If you have the Daka in front of the ladder, because they are considered separate. And if they did not make the Daka, which means what? In this case, we're taking a Humran, you're considering the ladder a Petah, that joins both of them, and therefore if they don't make an Eruf together, the top is going to Osir, the bottom people of the Hatzir. So what do you see over here? You see that sometimes we take the ladder, the Humrah, because the Kula would have been over here to say that the ladder is considered a Nechitzah. And if it's a mihitza, so you're separate. You're not considered having access to the hatzir uh, below. But no, we see what? That sometimes you take the ladder, the humrah. So that's a question on the Yehuda. Amar Shemuel. So Kibar gives the same answer as we said before. Kibar Askinan, Delo, Gavoa, Marpeset, Asara. It's got nothing to do with the ladder. The point is the Marpeset is... Ten, to, the wall is less than ten tefach. I mean, if it's totally opened into the... Hatzir, therefore it's patuah to the Hatzir on its own. The ladder is just there for convenience. But it's not the ladder that's uh, making the deen. It's the fact that it's very low, open to the Hatzir. So the Gemara asks the same question. Gemara says, the Gemara asks the same question. Gemara says, If you tell me that what? That the Merpeset is lower than Tantafahimi in the wall into the Hatzir. What is the Dakah going to do for you? Which is bottom line, since it's considered totally open to the Hatzir, the Daka should not consider it separate. Kebara's answer, We're talking about, we know, there was a wall on top of that Tent of Fahim wall, and it went around, and it enclosed it, Ad Amot, until Isr Amot, and that was the entrance way over there, the Kiban, the Avid Daka, Istaluke, Istaluk Mehachan. Since they made it Daka, and the fact that it was really closed from the to the Hatzir, because it had this wall going around, it's considered that they were Nisak. And therefore, again, the rule is going to stand. You always take the Sulam Lekula. You do not take it Lehumna. Over here, the issue was not the Sulam. It was the fact that what? It was it was opened uh, because it was less than 10 Tantafahim in. Oh, less than 10 Tantafahim. So what does the Dakar do? Dakar will help you in a case where you have it enclosed and just a little 10 amount or less doorway. What the ladder? What the Dakar in front of it? That already shows them that they want to be separate on their own so therefore they're not going to be Osir the rest of the people in the Hatser comes the Gemara and tells a story the people from the city of Kakun they came in front of Rabbi Yosef so they told uh, Rabbi Yosef, "Have lan gavlad le'arev lan matin. Bring a expert uh, surveyor or tamir hakam that'll order to make the iru fas. This city was an irshel rabim." And we know the story of an Aishla Rabim is you make an Aruv around the majority of the city and you have to leave a little area, non-Aruv, right? And therefore they can make their own Aruv, but it has to be Asur for 
you know, one group in the city to carry into a different group, so the people will not make a mistake that it is a reshut tanabim. You can carry reshut tanabim. So they asked them, Yosef, please send us a tamir hakam to make the eruv for us. Amar leil abaye. So Rabbi Yosef tells Abaye, Zil Arev Lehu. Go handle it. Go make the Aruf for them. Vehazeh, but see to it, Delo Mitzavehat Allah Bemim Midrashah. Do it in a way that they're not going to complain to me in the Bet Midrash. Which means, don't break any walls that you don't have to. And then they're going to come along and say, oh, you sent this guy here, he broke walls. Make sure you do it in a way where I'm not going to hear any complaints later on. Hey, do, do, a, do a good job. You know, which is you're trying to tell them, find the kula. If you can be mekir without having to break any walls or, you know, destroy anything, do it in that way. So they're not going to come to complain to me after, you know, what do you have to do this for? You could have done it in a different way. Okay. So Azal, now the Gemara is very interesting. It's going to give us Abaye's thought process that he was thinking to himself, you know, the different options, how he can adjust the city. So it says Azal, he went. Hazal He saw in the city itself, I guess by the end of the city, towards the end of the city, there were homes that were open to the river. Now, they were open to the river, but they did not have access into the city. They were part of the city, but it seems they were, you know, blocked off somehow that the entrance <coughs> came from the side of the Nahar-like. So they were open to the Nahar, but they were not open to the city themselves. But they were part of the city's, uh, you know, border, let's say. We don't have a picture of that, but that's how you have to, you know, you can imagine it. So he said like this, alright, that'll be my shiur. I'll use those homes over there to exclude them from the city. Amar, hani lehebe shiur lemata. And therefore, they can be considered the shiur, and the rest of the city will be able to carry as a result of it. That was his original thought. Hadar Amar, then he thought a little more and he retracted and said, No, in Ma'arvin et kulatenan. The Mishnah said that in such a case you cannot be Ma'ariv, the whole city. Right? You have to leave a section of. But that implies that if you wanted to, it's. It's possible to ma'ariv everybody together, you just can't. So it has to be a situation where it's potentially possible to ma'ariv everybody, but you're just not allowed to ma'ariv everybody. That was his duke that he made from the Mishnah. So he said, Mikhlal, implying, Implying that what? That if you wanted to ma'ariv them, you'd be able to, but just you can't. So once he came to this over here, he said, these guys, even if you wanted to join them to part of the Eruv, you wouldn't be able to, since they're not open to the city. city. These guys, they're open to the river. So therefore, he says, these guys cannot be considered a legitimate shiur to the city. Who can be considered a legitimate shiur, shiur? Somebody that if you wanted to, you'd be able to mitzaref them. But since these guys living in these homes over here, since uh, uh, it's as if you have two hatserot with a wall separating between them, which means you cannot make a shituk between them. So to these houses, there's a wall, so to speak, that's separating them from the city. So therefore, they're not considered a legitimate shiur. So therefore, Abaye changed his mind. Okay, so that was his thing. So what was his second uh, option? So he said like this, I'll break into the wall and make windows. 
I make the windows four tefahim by four tefahim. Once already you have windows. So now everybody says access. So as long as I make some windows over here on the wall that's separating these homes from the city, now technically I can ma'arev the whole city. So therefore they'll be considered a legitimate shiur. That was Abaye's thought process. Hadar Amar. Then he came along and said, Lo ba'e. Says, you know what? You don't even need to make the breach in the walls to make these windows. Even without it, it's okay. Why? They had but Abu me'arev la lekula mechoza. You know a story of Rabah. But Abu, he made an eruv over the whole city of Mehoza. Now Mehoza was again Irshil Rabim. But he was Meshatev the whole city. But how did he do it? Arsiyata, Arsiyata. He did each neighborhood on its own. Which means he didn't make a shituf over the whole city. You had, let's say, a neighborhood, and then a rose. Neighborhood, a space, another neighborhood, a space, and neighborhood. It was all considered the city of Mehuzah. But instead of making one general eruf for the whole city, he was me'arev neighborhood by neighborhood. Which means this neighborhood can carry, you know, in itself, and the next neighborhood itself can carry in itself. So the Gemara says, Mishum Pira de Betore. Oh, because this was an exceptional situation here. If you remember, we discussed this earlier in the Masechim. In Mehoza, in between the Shekhunot, the neighborhoods, you had like, I go troughs. Right, we, they used to put food in the troughs, and they used to store uh, food for the animals, for the oxen, to come and eat. Now these ditches were deep in the ground, I'd say more than 10 Tafahim, so technically they were considered walls. So that technically between each Shekhunah, you had a Shekhunah, a neighborhood, the trough next to it, deep into the ground, another Shekhunah, a trough, so technically we would consider each uh, area separate. So that's what the Gibraltar says, Mishum Pira. Because of the uh, the ditches of the fruit of the food, the betore that they would place uh, for the oxen, and therefore it's considered what as if you had a wall that was separating between each shechuna to each shechuna, and therefore if there's a wall, technically they cannot be mesaref, which means to make one collective eruv you can't. But what did the rabbi do? He still was me'arev the whole city. Neighborhood by neighborhood, meaning the neighborhood number one was completely eruved. Where was the shiur? The shiur for neighborhood number one was considered neighborhood number two. And the shiur for neighborhood number two was considered neighborhood number three, even though they couldn't make a collective eruv amongst all of them. So Abaye came along and said, ah, I was wrong. I thought that what you can only make a shiur in an area that collectively could be one. Mm-hmm. But I see from Rabbi, I didn't do that. Because I know he made an Eruv in Mehoza. And he chose to make the Eruv how? Asayata, And we know that there was the troughs in between them. And these troughs would separate the, the neighborhoods. So they were technically, could you make one collective Eruv in that city? No, because basically you have uh, the, uh, the, 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 the walls, we'll call them, in between. And still, what did he do? He still somehow did it. Now, where was the shiur to neighborhood number one? Yeah, neighborhood number one, he excluded neighborhood number two from it. So therefore you, 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 you ma'arev the city, leaving an area out. He was ma'arev neighborhood number two. What area did he leave out? 
Number three. So therefore, technically, you're allowed to make a shiud in an area that could not be mitzaref as one. So Abaye came along and said, from that, I see what I have to break the walls for, to make windows. I'll do the same thing in this case over here. True, it's considered a wall that's separating these uh, rivers, river homes mm-hmm. from the city. So what? Let that be my shiur. I, but I can't mitzaref them, so what? So what? So comes the Gemara and says, Dechol had v'had had le'chadre. Which means each shekhunah was considered a shoot for itself. I mean, you don't even have to go to one, two, and three. You can say one was to two, and two was to one. Because each one served as a shiur to its neighbor. Even though you can never mitzaref them together. So comes the Gemara and says, And even though you wanted to, let's say, make a collective room amongst all these houses in the Shekhunot, they couldn't. Hadar Amar. Then he retracted and he said, No. Lo It's not uh, similar. Why? Hatam Gagot. Lo He made a Hanuk. He said, in that case over there, technically they were all considered one. How? By their roofs. It seems the roofs in that city, we really don't have a picture, our school has a picture of it, they really don't show you how the roofs were connected, but somehow, from roof to roof of every single house in Mehozah, there was connected balconies where you can go from roof to roof. So basically, you would be able to ma'ariv the entire city together. Because the roofs connected. Masha'inkin over here, in the city that they sent them to, there was no connection between the river homes and the rest of the city. So he said, you know what? I have to break the walls in order to make windows, in order to make a connection in order then to make it, to exclude it, to make the shiyud. So he says, Hadar Amal. Then he retracted again, this is the thought process. He's I take it back. I don't need windows in the wall. Why? There was an Otsara Tevin, that's like a storage house of straw. The that was in a certain city, Lemor Bar Pupidata Pumpedita. There was a fellow called Mor Bar Pupidata who lived in Pumpedita. And uh, they used that storage house of straw as the shiur to Pumpedita. But it was Yerushalayim Abim. So they couldn't make the Eruv around the whole city. They needed to leave a certain area off. What did they end up using in Pupedita? They used the storage house of Tevin, of this uh, fellow. Now, the Hidush is, even though a storage house is really not an area of residency technically, and technically it's really not part of the Shituf at all. We technically don't even have to include this as part of the of the area, which is all you have to be concerned about dwelling, dwelling spots. So here they ended up, the shiur was a place that it's not even shayach to shituf. And therefore he came along and said, if that's the case, if you can use the beta tevin, so all the more so I'll be able to use these homes, even though they're not part of the bayrug. So he changed his mind again. Amar, hainu de amar limor. He says, ah, now I know what Yosef warned me 
before he sent me on this job, do it in a way where they're not going to scream at you and then scream at me and complain to the Beit Midrash. He goes, well, my first thought was to make windows. If I would have made windows, they would have uh, they would have came to me, what are you making breaking the walls for? He says, now I know why he told me, be deliberate. Work it out so you don't have to. Now we have to understand this Beit Tivna business over here. So let's read the Rashi. Rashi tells us, uh, one, two, three, the fourth wide line. <coughs> now, that she gives us one important fact there with this betivna. You don't need 50 dwellings for the shiur. There was one sheet that said you need 50 dwellings. Mm-hmm. Correct? Uh, however, if you remember the Bishavon and the Mishnah said, all you need is two chatserot with uh, three houses in each chatser, and then already you considered that could be your shiur. So this bet tevin, this storage area was more like a storage complex. Where the main thing was they would store the table, but you also had in it Hatserot and a couple of houses. Now, technically, since it's considered Beta Tevin, so even though there was a uh, house and all that, it's really not part of the Shituf. It's not considered really residence. Mm-hmm. So it's really considered for a storage area. And still what? They use that as the Shiur. So therefore, he says we can use the Beta Tevin for a shiur, so that these homes over even though they're not also part of the city, it's not worse than that. And therefore, I can make a shituf with them, even without having to breach holes into the uh, wall of the uh, of the Hatzir that had these uh, homes that were next to the river. So Abaye's basic uh, principle was, he brought a proof from Pompedita, that they were mishatef in area that technically is not even necessary to be part of the Eruv at all because it doesn't have to be mishutaf because it's really not for residents it had residency in there you have to say because uh, uh, the Mishnah said you need the area that you're making a shoot has to have certain shi'ud so it had the minimum according to the Mishnah but still it wouldn't have to really be part of the Shiduk since its main purpose is for storage reasons. And if that served as a Shiud, so that these houses also will serve as a Shiud. Comes the Gemaran continues. Comes the Gemaran continues. Elahim ken asahut salakir hadasha. So remember we learned in the Mishnah that when you have an Ishil Rabbim, you're allowed to make an Iruv over the whole city, Shituf, as long as you leave. Shiur. According to one opinion, you have to leave it the size of the city of Hadasha that was in the uh, Yehuda section. Now, wh- how big was the city of Hadasha? It had 50 dwellers. So that was the example that the Tanakhama gave. You have to leave at least 50 residents outside of the Shituf of the city. And the example they gave was Ki'ir Hadasha. There was a city in Yehuda, the Hadasha Shema. Anashim, Venashim, Vetaf. Okay, men, ladies, and children. Uba Hayu Misha'arim Hakarim. And it was that was the example city that the rabbis would, you know, make their measurements. Shiur. Right? And that was considered the uh Shiur. So Kamsi Gemaran says a question. The world's question is as follows. Ibailehu. Hadasha Mahu. 
what's the status of the city of Hadasha itself? And the Gemara is assuming now the question was, can the city of Hadasha be a shiur itself? I mean, we're giving it Ki'ir Hadasha. What about the city of Hadasha itself? Can it serve as a shiur to a larger city? So the Gemara says, Hadasha? What's Which means the Gemara is saying like this If you have let's say a big city Next to Hadasha So you want to make the Aruv around Hadasha Right? So the And leave the Gedola out So therefore the Gedola Is considered a Shiur for Hadasha And, 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 and the opposite would also be good. So let's let's review this question again. Look at Nashi. Hadasha Mahu. I review this question again in Nashi. It is three, four, five lines down in Nashi wide. Hadasha Mahu kula. Can you make an eruv around the whole city of Hadasha alone? Below Shiur. Without leaving a Shiur. So the Gemara said, what do you mean? Hadasha just like we said, Hadasha can serve as a shiur for the big city. Which means the Gemara is saying the same way the uh, uh, big city can be the shiur for it. So the Gemara says, that wasn't our question. Now we have to just analyze one thing. Oh, now that's the question over here. The Khawra, it's a uh, city of uh, 50 people. Right, it's a small town there. Why would you need a. Uh, right, why would you need a Shiur Bichlal on a city that. Uh, okay, so that's a good question. So again, the Gibbalahs have question was Can the city of Hadasha. Again, we're talking about, as we call it, a village of Hadashah. You have to remember, Hadashah was a small little shikhuna, let's say, of 50 dwellers, that was part of a larger city. So we're learning till now that if you want to make an enuva with a larger city, so long as you make a shiur, you leave out an area like the size of Hadashah, so already it's considered a legitimate shiur. Now the Gemara wants to know, could you do the opposite way? Can I make an Eruv around the whole city of Hadashah and use my big city as a Shiur? Which means now, forget about whether I have to make an Eruv over the big city. I won't make an Eruv over the big city. I want to make my Eruv over Hadashah. The, the big city, I'm not going to make my Eruv. I'll use that my Shiur. Can you? So the Gibbara says, what kind of question is that? If that's your question when you ask, Mao Hadashah, then we have an easy answer to that. And what's the answer? Just like it can serve as the Shiur to the big city. So to Gedola So the big city can serve as the Shiur to it. So then what, that is not the question. Oh, so what is the question? Ela, the question is, which means, if you have a city that is similar to Hadasha, that has only 50 uh, residents, but it's not next to a big city, which means it stands on its own. Okay? So the question is, Mahu. Meaning like this, it started off as a Rabin. Somebody asked this question yesterday. It started off as a Rabin, let's say. There was 600,000 people. And it dwindled down to 50. 
So the question is, is that still considered a Rabim? Because the law was a Rabim that goes down to a Yahid, has a deen of a Rabim and needs a Shiur. So they want to know, how much does that have to dwindle down to? Now you're down to 50 residents left. Are you going to still be considerate a Rabim and therefore you need a Shiur? So to that, Gibra says, Ma'u, Ravuna, Ravuda, Hadamar, Baya Shiur. Once again, it doesn't matter. You need a Shiur, and uh, you have to leave uh, an area out. The Hadamar, Lo Baya Shiur. The rabbi says, No, once it comes down to that uh, level of dwindling of the population, it turns back into a Yahid, and now already you do not have to uh, make a Shiur, you can Ma'arev the entire city. And that seems that that is the halakha. Rabbi Shimon Omer. You have to be there? No. Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Gimel Hatserot. Right? Rabbi Shimon's opinion was, the shiur does not have to have 50 residents. It's enough to have uh, three Hatserot. Oh, we said two. So three Hatserot is correct. With two houses in each. I stand corrected what I said earlier. It's three Hatserot with two houses. Not two with three. It's three with two. Fine. Amar of Hama Barguria, Amar Rab, Halacha, Kerabishimon, the Beats Hakamar, Afilu Bayit Ehad, the Hatsir Ehad. So now we find the third opinion that was not in the Mishnah. The Beats Hak says, even one house and one Hatsir. So the Gemara says, Hatsir Ahad Salkadadach? What's one Hatsir? Which means it sounds like you're talking about a Hatsir without any houses. Meaning one house separate and one Hatsir separate. What's a Hatsir? Without houses, how could that be a shiur? So no, one house in side one hatzer. So Abiyah tells uh, Rabbi Yosef, because uh, who made the statement of Rabbi Yitzhak? This was okay. Abiyah tells Rabbi Yosef, had Rabbi Yitzhak gamra or sevara? Where did Rabbi Yitzhak get his deen from? Does he have a tradition gamra? Or Sivara, or he has a certain logic. So Yosef trying to find, is trying to find out the source of Rabbi Yitzhak. Is it tradition or is it rational logic? So Amar So Rabbi Yosef tells him, My What's the difference? He said what he said. What do you care if it's from a Gemara Gamra or from Samara? The deen is the deen. So Abayah comes along and answers back very sharply. Gamra Gemur. I'm learning a halakha. Zimur You want it to be a song? Which means, you want me to learn without knowing why? Would you just accept it? Would you what, be singing songs over that you sing without kabana? Gamra Gemur. Zimur What? Should my learning be like a song that you don't have uh, uh, kabana? That you don't uh, think, oh, I want to know. Is it uh, source? Is it uh, Simara? So therefore, he answered the back sharply. Comes again, what says, Mishnah. Okay, new Mishnah. Now we go back to the case of Tehumin. Mishayab bin Mizrah. A guy was in the east. The Amar libno. He tells his son, Arevli bin Ma'arav. He tells his son before Shabbat, make me the Eruv in the west. Meaning, put the Eruv in the west. Bin Ma'arav. Oh, he was standing in the west. The Amar libno. He told his son, Arevli bin Mizrah. I want it to be in the east. Now, the Gemara Mishnah gives the deen. Im yeshemenu ulbeto alpaim amma, ul'irubo yoter mikan, 
Mutal de Beto Vasun Erubo. Now, now he's, he's somewhere in the uh, field now, right? So the deed is like this. If he's within 2,000 amah of his house, mm-hmm. but he's more than 2,000 amah where his son put his eruv, so obviously his eruv cannot be viable, because Talakha says you have to be able to get to your eruv. And since it's more than 2,000 amah, so you can't get there. So your eruv is not good, but... Since you were within 2,000 amav your house, your house is considered your eruv. Okay, which is an interesting uh, uh, difference. So we're learning this, Mr. what we learned earlier. Now she points this out. We learned earlier when a guy was in the field, and he came along and said, I want my eruv to be, you know, in a far off place. And we said, if that place doesn't work for him, he not only doesn't have that place, but he doesn't have even where he is. Because he, he showed and indicated that he doesn't want to be where he is. So he only ends up having four amot in his spot. Here we're saying, well, if the eruv doesn't work out, you can take your house back. And therefore, it's okay. Because the Rashid tells us a little different over here. Because this was a case where he was within 2,000 of his house. So you can fairly assume that that's the guy's intent. That if the Eruv is not going to work, since he's within 2,000 amount of his home, he wants his Eruv to be announced. There we were talking about this guy's in the middle of the field. So it's either he wants to be... Uh, <coughs> he gave an indicator that he wants to be in that spot. He doesn't want to be where he is. No. And he's not near his house, so therefore he's nowhere. Mashiach, in this case, since he was already within 2,000 of his house when he told his son, make me an Eruv, if the Eruv is not going to work for him because it's too far away, he could say, since he's within 2,000 of his house, he's not on the road. And therefore, he wants his uh, you know, default Eruv to kick in, which is where? By his house, they will have 2,000 of on all sides, to his house. So that's the first deen of the Mishnah. I will read it again. Misha ya b'mizrah. Ve'amal libno arev di b'ma'arav. O b'ma'arav. If where he is to his house, there is 2,000 amma. But there's Eruv, there's more. It will be permissible to establish his Eruv to his house. But it's Asu to establish his Eruv here, to, to his walking, to stop by the Eruv because he can't walk there. Now, Opposite. Let's say he's within 2,000 of his. If he's within 2,000 of his Eruv, uh, but his house is more than 2,000 Amma away, then it's the opposite. Asul Lebeto. It's forbidden for him to make his Eruv by his house. Umutar Le'Erubo. If it's incorporated into the where the, where the Eruv is. Which means his tehum is more. He gets where his Eruv is, which means he can go to the east, to the Eruv, and then 2,000 Amah, more from there. If he had his house, he's only limited to 2,000 Amah on that side. However, now that he has his Eruv intact, there's two things that come out. Number one, he can walk 4,000 Amah to the Eruv, and then another 2,000. And on his house, he cannot walk the other way. Because now he's bound by the Eruv. The law is, when it comes to the house, you can walk 2,000 amount each direction. But once you commit yourself for an Eruv in one direction, you lose it from the other side of your house. So therefore, therefore, it is permissible for him to use the Eruv since he can act. So we're going to give you the diagrams in a moment, how this is possible uh, to pan itself out and just in in, uh, in, 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 in in fact, and how, how it could be that his house is within 2,000, and his roof is not. The Gemara will say it in a moment. 
הנותן את ערובו בעבורה של עיר. A guy puts his eruv be'ibura shir'ir. Remember we learned earlier that outside the city you have 70 and two-thirds amah. Technically, the eruv, the tum, I should say, does not start until after the 70 and two-thirds amah that are outside the city. Good? So a person put his eruv within the 70 and two-thirds. So the Mishnah says, lo lo kilum. It's nothing. Because anyway, he's allowed to have it Further, his Eruv already goes further. His Eruv starts at the end of the 72 thirds. So when he puts it inside the 72 thirds, it is invalid. Because technically it is from the... And so therefore it's not even considered that he committed to a side. That Eruv is not considered valid, null and void. But if you put it outside the Tum, meaning outside the 72 thirds, even just one ama outside. So then, what's going to be the deen? What he gains, he loses. Meaning, meaning. Now he gained one ama. <laughs> meaning, by the fact that he extended. His Eruv, one Amma outside the Tum. So technically on one side now, he's able to walk uh, the 2,000, right? And he has an extra one on that side. However, we're going to learn that uh, basically, uh, whatever you're going to take on one side, one direction, you're going to lose it in the other direction. Which means, uh, basically, your Eruv allows you to tra- travel 2,000 Amma. So therefore, uh, in this case over here where he put his Eruv, one Amma outside the Tum, so you can go from that Eruv, if he wants to go straight, further, he can go 2,000, so he gained one Amma on that side. Now if he wants to go from his Eruv towards his house, Meaning he wants to go the other way, he can only go uh, 1,999, which means he loses an amma on the other side, because he took it, you know, in the other direction. And again, the Gemara will say this uh, clearly. Let's just read all the Rashis of the Mishnah, please. Mishayab Mizrah. We can read the Rashis today. Mishayab Mizrah. Basadeh. He was in the field. The Kiddush Alav Shemayom and the Shabbat came. Ba'amal libno le'arev me be'ujom le'arev. He told us that I want my eruv in the west. Ul erubo yotemikan. Shinatan lo ha'eruv me beto v'hala. He put his eruv beyond his house. So therefore, he's within two thousand of his house, and his eruv is past it. Mutal beto ladin beto, meaning kilomar le'not shvitato me beto kilo lo erev. To count your eruv to your house and make believe your eruv is non-existent. Ve'asud erubo, but your eruv does not apply. Le'din erubo, le'mnot shvitatom erubo. Why? The kiban, the kiddush alav yom rachot erubo yotem al ta'im. Since when Shabbat came in, it was two thousand am away from the eruv. Nimsa she'elu yachod lehalech v'litlo. He's not able to access it. Shere in erubo konelo el al ta'im lechoduah. Because the Eruv only gives him 2,000, not more. The Chema, the Eno Eruv, Havi Neshvita Tov Beto, Shari Betchum Beto Hava. Good. 
Because she was within the 2,000 of his house. Now that she asked the question that we said outside. We learned in the previous Perek. Which means, if he wants to be on a certain spot of the tree, that's not Misuyam. So we said, he's not by the tree and he's not where he is. So how come over here we say that while he's not by his Eruv, he can get to his house. So he says, Alma. Mm-hmm. This is only Ways on the road He came from the road mm-hmm. I mean, Where he is He doesn't want to make a Shavita Which means He can't make an, uh, the, 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 the Shavita where he wants Because he's more than 2,000 Amah away By the tree and he doesn't want to be where he is because he already showed us that he wants to be by the tree. Meaning, he's within the zone of his house. بشيني is considered like for Amut. So technically you have 2,000 Amah on all sides. So therefore you have 2,000 Amah already from Amur Ashir. So the fact that you put your Arub within the Arub Ashir, you did nothing. Anyway, you, you can walk even a little further and still take 2,000 Amah from there. Because the whole city is considered for Amut for those people that are in it. Correct? So therefore technically, where's your Arub start? You walk out of the city, you walk an additional 17 two thirds. That's your line, and from there you go, 2,000 Amah. For that matter, you can do it on the other side. Right? The whole city is for Amot. So you have 2,000 Amah on each side. Okay? Now, Mishnah continues. The Mishnah's language is a little tricky. It's that you put it Chutzatum. So the Gibbara's language is Chutzatum. How can you put it Chutzatum? Chutzatum is the Shemim in Eruv at all. You can't get there. So no, 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 it means Chutz. Meaning, instead of 70 and two-thirds, you put it at 71 and two-thirds. That's, that, that's what the government is going to explain. We turn the page, top she. Whatever you gain on one side of your Eruv, you lose on the opposite side. Which is your Eruv becomes like your house. You're able to count now 2,000 Amah to all sides of your Eruv. Example. Let's say you put your, you have your house. You went to the east 1,000. Okay? So your Eruv is at 1,000. Okay? So technically from that point of 1,000, you could walk another 2,000 east. So that will give you 3,000 east. Correct? Now... Go back to your Eruv, you still get a thousand, two thousand. A thousand will take you back to the house, and then you can walk an additional thousand beyond to the west. So you see that you gained on the west side, 
but what you gain on the west side, when you gain an extra thousand on that side, you lose it on the east side. Because you could always walk, we'll get to the whole city in a second, but you walk again, from the Eruv you have 2,000, correct? So I walked 1,000 from my house to the Eruv. Okay, now from there, I get 2,000. So basically, I'm gaining 3,000 on this side. Okay? So therefore, I'm getting an extra 1,000 on the side of my Eruv. It's going to take it away from the other side, from the west. Meaning, if I go from my Eruv again, I go west. I get 1,000 back to my house. Then an additional thousand, whereas I would be able to normally go two thousand from my house, but since my roof extended me on one side, you're pulling, you're pulling the string this way, so you lose it on the other side. So let's read that Ashi again. It's an important principle in Erubin. So basically, your Eruv in the East will take you 3,000 amma away from the city. 1,000 to the Eruv plus an additional 2,000. And you gained 1,000. Now you're 2,000 that you had to the West. It ends now at a 1,000. Now you're 1,000. The city is considered still like for Amut. Wow. Meaning, even if that day the city is 500 Amma wide, we don't count that 500 Amma of city only as for Amut. So technically, uh-huh. when you get to the end of the city, to the west, you get another 996. Got it. If you would consider the city real footage, so that's 500. You'd be only be able to walk another 500. Kamash Malat to the Mishnah that even though you committed Jiruf to one side, your city is still considered when you get back there, you only count it as four amot. So technically, you walk the whole city. I mean 500. Look how long it is. You walk the whole city 500 amah, you're at four now. Now, how much do you get to the east side? Or to the west side? You get a thousand. Now you get four. 996. So that's the Mishnah, that the city is still considered for Amot. Now the Gemara is going to analyze all this cleanly. Comes the Gemara and says, Oh, now we just got to give the pictures over here. He was the Mizrah, and he told the son, Put me my Eruv in the west. And the Mishnah said, If he's within his house, 2,000, good, his house is the Eruv, and his Eruv, no. So we can, we can calculate that very easily. He's to the east of his house. Yeah. So he's, east, he's in the east, his house is in front of him, and the Eruv is in front of that. So then we understand a simple case, how your house can be within the Eruv, within the 2000, and the Eruv is not. However, the Gemara's question is going to be, how is it possible in such a scenario where you're to the east, and you're telling them to do to the west, how is it possible that your Eruv can be within... 2,000 and your house not why? Gemara read the Gemara Kasa kadatach lemizrach lemizrach beto when it says in the Mishnah that he made it lemizrach it's mashma he was standing to the east of his house you have his house and he is to the east of the house ul ma'arav lemaarav beto and when it says ma'arav that he wants to make his eruv in the west it means the west of his house 
So that means his Eruv is beyond his house. So it's him, the east, his house, west of his house, Eruv. So the Gebarah says, Yeter mikan mashkahat. I understand how his Eruv can be further than the house. Dematu nebete, because the two thousand reaches his house, but doesn't reach the eruv. However, elahemenul erubo alpai mamaul beto yeter mikan hekimashkahata. But how do you have a case like this where he's within two thousand of his eruv but not his house? If he's standing again, if he's standing in the east, which is the east of his house, and his eruv is to the west of his house. How is it possible that he's within 2,000 of his Eruv and not 2,000 of his house? Okay, house comes first. House comes first. Right. Not possible. So, so that's a different direction. So the Gemara says, no, because you're not wrong. When it says Mizrah, it didn't mean Mizrah of his house and Ma'arav, Ma'arav of his house. Right. Amar of Yitzhak, Misavan the Mizrah, the Mizrah Beto, will Ma'arav the Ma'arav Beto? You thought it's going on the house? No. No. The Mizrah, the Mizrah Beno. Which means it's to the east of his son and to the west of his son. Meaning, show you a uh, a picture of that. Uh, we have that. Yes. Uh, no, actually, it's your uh, bet over here. So let me see if we have it in the. Uh, okay, I just want to see the other book has it. Okay. You see, Tziur uh, Bet. Okay. So this is what we thought originally. Right. We thought originally in Tziur Bet, where he's standing here. Person has Eruv. Right? It's the guy. To the east of his house. And then the Eruv is to the west of his house. Kemara's answer is Tziur Gimal. Okay? Where his house is... Right, in the, uh, east. the east, all the way in the east, right? So, uh, he's, uh, and he's standing, uh, he's standing in front of his house, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. And he tells his son. Who's in the west. Okay, he's tell, yes, he's standing, hold on, his beno is in between. He is standing in front of his house, and he tells his son, uh, put me in Eruv, uh, in the Ma'arav, right? Put the Eruv in the Ma'arav, so it goes all the way to the west. Or, uh, right? So therefore, when we discuss east and west, the house is the east of the sun, and the Eruv is the west of the sun. Of the, his son, his son. Otam, he's telling the guy, Jose Clearer. Right. right. He's telling the guy, his son, go make for me uh, an Eruv. Okay? So he says, the Mizrah ul Ma'arav. To the east or to the west? Meaning over here, to where the sun is standing, to his east is the house, and to the west of the sun is the Eruv. And therefore, it's possible that the Eruv could be within 2,000 Ammah of the guy, of the guy, but not the house. Now you see that in the Siyud of... Uh, right, he's in between, exactly. No, go to the first answer. I can tell you that you have uh, the uh, everything is relative to the house, which means the mizrah is 
to the Mizrach of his house, and Ma'arav is a Ma'arav of his So the question then is, I understand how he could be within 2,000 of his house and not his Eruv. But how could you be within 2,000 of the Eruv and not the house? The house comes first. So the Gemara answers, Kegon Where it's talking about, oh, we have a picture of that, 227, mm-hmm. where the house is on a... Alakson, yeah, which means exactly, which means he is technically to the east of his house, but the house is not uh, in front of him, right? In a straight line, it's on a slant. It's like tilted to the south, let's say. So therefore, on an angle. So technically, he's to the east of his house, right, and to the Eruv. But it's possible that he's within 2,000 of the Eruv and not his house. So it's possible he, it's him, his Eruv, I mean his house, to the, to the slant, and then his Eruv comes first because the Alakson would be longer. Comes the Gemara and continues. So the Gemara says, Chutz at home, one of the cases of the Mishnah was you put your Eruv outside the home. So the Gemara asks the obvious question, what do you mean outside the home? Chutz at home, Salgadadach. Could you think to tell me that you're putting the Eruv outside the 2,000 Amma? No. You're putting it outside the 70 and two-thirds. Two thirds. So the Mishnah said, well, what you gain on one side, you lose on the other side. Mm. So the Gebra says, That's it? That's it? You only, only gain uh, uh, on that side and no more? So what's the what's the Gemara's question? We have a brayta. Good, you put it betoch eburah shirayir. You did nothing. That not chutz eburah shirayir. If you put it chutz afilu ama achat mistaker ota ama, so you gain an extra ama on that side. Umavsid et kol ha'ir kula. And you lose the entire city, meaning you're not only losing an amma right. on that side. The whole city now becomes real, yeah. real footage. And therefore it's not considered for amot anymore to you. Because now the midah the is going to be considered the midah. For example, if let's say he gained a thousand on the ma'arad side, and the city was 500, so when he goes back, you count the whole city as 500, and you only get 500 more. So therefore, it's not that you're just losing an amma on one side. You're losing whatever you gain plus the size of the city. Asking a question on this. The Gibran saying it's not so. The Gibran is telling you that no, when you put your eruv on one side, you lose the city. The Mishnah is telling you no. Whatever you gain over there, you just lose that exact amount. No, you're losing much more. So the Gemara says, not kashya. Kan shekalta midato b'chatsi ha'ir, kan shekalta midato b'sof ha'ir. So over here, he comes along and gives, the Gemara gives an interesting haluk here. It depends. If you're going from your eruv, if your eruv going 2,000 amma, puts you in the middle of the city, then already you're stuck over there. You cannot walk anymore. But if you bypass the whole city, if the 2,000 will take you past the whole city, so then already you don't count the city only as for Amot, and then you continue uh, walking as much as uh, the differences. So we don't know why the Gemara is saying this Hiduk yet, but this is the Gemara is saying. It depends where you end up. Again, if you went to, you, you, let's say you have a very narrow city. That's uh, four, three hundred uh, amma, let's say, right? So you gained a thousand, right? So I walk a thousand, 
I can look at another thousand, but I bypassed the whole city. You bypassed the whole city? Bingo, it's four amot. Just minus four from the uh, from the Hezbon. Now, if it was a if it was a big city, right? Big city. So your two thousand puts you in the middle. That's it. You are where you are. So it comes the Gemara and says, "Uchtan of Edi." And this is following of Edi's din. The Amar of Edi, Amar of Yosheh Nevi. Hayam Moded Uba. A guy, let's say, was in the field, and now he's measuring two thousand amot to see where he gets. Vekalta midato b'hatsi ayir. And he ends up in the middle of the city. That's it. He's stuck there. But if his Ayruf can take him to the end of the city, also because of Fahamot. And he gets the rest. Because he gets the full, no, he gets whatever is left that he pulled from the other side. Right? Right. That's Fahamot. Exactly. Amar of Idi. So the Vidi comes along and says, regarding this Hiluk that Rabbi Yeshua said, depends where you land, En Elu Ela Nivi'ut. He says, this is nothing short of a prophecy. Mali Kalta Mali Kalta What's the difference between, if it's for Amot, it should be for Amot, no matter where you are. And if it's not for Amot, then even if you span the whole city, what do I care? You should be able to count it. So if whatever Evie's quoting to me, Yoshua ben Levi giving this Sayyiduk, he says, Where'd you get it from? Where'd you get such a thing? Why should it be Mahalek? Where you end up? And therefore, we're going to have to see exactly the logic of how this is. To all our listeners of the Dafa Yomi, to make Masikhet Urubin a little easier, uh, we are using a sefer called Hamaor Hamivuar. It is put out by Meorot Dafayomi. It is available in bookstores. It has a lot of different pictures of the different cases throughout the Masechet. And it goes according to the Dapim. So whenever we mention, and there's also a number next to each picture that goes out, goes throughout the Masechet. So whenever we mention a number of a picture, for example, see picture number 52, we're referring to uh, picture number 52 in that book. So I would advise our listeners to get the sif and follow along, uh, just so you can know exactly the configuration of the situation that we are talking about. The School of Mitzvot.